Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And great to have your company on mornings. Plenty of cricket happening still around the place with the Big Bash. That takes central focus right now, the Big Bash over the next... Uh, couple of weeks in particular obviously on the horizon is the uh, announcement of the India uh, squad the, the squad to tour India the Australian uh, test team and that will be a magnificent series starting on February uh, 9 but before that I mean tonight we've got uh, the Brisbane Heat Perth Scorchers not sure if uh, the test players are going to be back in I think it's too soon for them but uh, that'll be a great one at the Gabba and then a uh, yeah the the Big Bash continues with Melbourne Stars taking on the Adelaide Strikers. And, yeah, uh, on it goes. And then later in the week, the, um, the Sydney Thunder, they will be at home to the Perth Scorchers. who are on a road trip, obviously. And part of the Sydney Thunder lineup right now is uh, a veteran of, well, cricket full stop, but he's getting around the world a bit. His passport is filling up. I reckon he's on to his second or third one, perhaps. Ben Cutting joins us right now. Even though the pandemic hit, you've uh, set yourself up, Ben, with... Uh, some contracts around the world, but you're back home at the moment. How are you loving things uh, with the Sydney Thunder? Morning, mate. Yeah, great to uh, great to be back in the country and uh, and playing for Sydney again. Particularly with uh, you now we were a bit slow to start, but uh, you know, we're doing well at the moment. Uh, moving into the, the business end of the season. Well, that's a bit of an understatement, uh, given that on December 16 <laughs> the team was bowled out for 15. Now you get to New Year's Eve, and the same mob make 228. So T20 cricket, uh, short-form cricket, is a funny thing, isn't it? It can turn around pretty quickly. Oh, it's a fickle format, that's for sure. Uh, you know, the thing about the 15 is you could you could send any team out to bat on any day and tell them to get out to 15 or less, and they just wouldn't be able to do it. It's, it's hard enough. So it's uh, it's one. It's probably something that we won't ever see again, that's for sure, I hope. Is it talked about, like, are you laughing about it now? Is it one of those things that at the time, obviously, not uh, too many giggles um, in the dressing room and, yeah. and the like, but now? No, not that not that funny at the time, but uh, you know you, you've got to have a laugh about it now, particularly after you know some of the scores that we've put on the board as a team since then. So uh, it, it, was, it was amusing the other night at uh, at Spotless Stadium when uh, we we got the fifteen, the crowd started clapping when we passed it. <laughs> <laughs> so they haven't forgotten. They haven't forgotten. They haven't forgotten. What what has been the turn? Like what? Why is this team playing so well at the moment? Okay, you dropped one the other night, but um, things are going pretty well. Yeah, I, I think the important thing to note is that everyone's contributing. You know, it's not just one or two guys every game that are putting their putting their hand up and doing well for the team. You know, every game we've won has been someone different. Uh, you know, which says a lot about the depth of our squad, which is important in a in a long tournament like the BBL. Uh, you've got some class coming in as well. So has David Warner been cited yet or he's been given a couple of days after the test match wrapped up? No, he hasn't been cited yet. We've had uh, yesterday off and today off again from training. Uh, we're, we're back in the swing of things, back into the nets tomorrow. So we'll see if he's down there tomorrow. But, um, you know, he's someone that doesn't need to hit too many balls to uh, to be at the top of his game. We remember playing an IPL season with him one year when he was top run scorer. He did not hit a single delivery in the nets at training. What? Nothing. Nothing. No, he was. Uh, it was the year we won in 2016. He was the the Sunrisers captain. Did not hit a single ball in the nets. 
the entire eight-week tournament and was leading run scorer for the Orange Cap holder for the year. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. What does he bring, um, David Warner, not just with the, the blade in his hand, but uh, in a wider sense? Because there's been a bit of talk about, um, obviously, his uh, relationship with leadership inside Australian cricket. What about for you? What does he bring? Mate, I think experience. Um, you know, in those couple of years that I spent with him, you know, leading the charge at Sunrisers, he was one of the best captains I've ever had, uh, both on and off the field. The way he looks after his players, directs his troops, yeah, and trusts his batters and his bowlers, which is the most important thing you know, from a captaincy point of view. So we'll be able to dive into that leadership skills that he's got um, you know, from playing so much cricket and high-quality cricket around the world, which, which I'm excited about, and I know a lot of the younger guys are as well. Because things happen pretty quickly out there in a obviously a shortened format, the, the T20 um, format of the game. So tactically, how how on it does a as a captain or a, or a senior player need to be with what's happening out there in the field? Because one or two deliveries can change the momentum so drastically. That's right. The, the momentum swings very quickly, as you've, as you've said. Um, you know, as a captain, you've got to be thinking about your field placements, thinking about your bowling changes, who's going to bowl when. Obviously, with the power surge now in the second, uh, you know, second block of ten overs, you've got to sort of hold your hold your best bowlers back and keep one up their sleeve each for that. Plus, bowling at the death as well. So there is a lot at play as a captain, but uh, he's someone that uh, you know loves that sort of thing. Now we'll get on to you now um, individually before we, we we start talking about it. Um, have to play this piece of audio from the other night. Down the wicket, third man. Oh, good catch! What a hang! In the deep, Ben Cutting. This game's here, and I haven't seen a grab quite like that. Now, BJ, are you going to have words to him, um, Ben, about uh, <laughs> like good catch? Like, I remember when remember when Glenn McGrath took that catch at the Adelaide Oval, and Ian Chappell said, "Oh, what a good catch!" Like he nearly broke himself to get it. <laughs> Has he gone unders there? Uh, maybe a little bit, but um, you know, that, that's that's the way uh, that's the way the big fella likes to commentate. Very understated, which is uh, which is good as well. Uh, uh, talk us through it, mate. Um, and what do you? Uh, how good do you feel about yourself whenever when everyone uh, whenever someone actually sends it to you or mentions it? Mate, it's exciting. Um, obviously, it, it's stuff that you practice at training quite regularly. Um, stuff that you can do in club cricket and other tournaments around the world, but to be able to do it in front of your home crowd is another thing. Uh, but the biggest thing to me, to be fair, was last time I took a catch like that, uh, I actually got out of position in the air and I landed on the back of my shoulder, um, did my collarbone and dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> so that, that was just a big confidence thing to be able to get up there and, and do it again. You mentioned there, how do you practice something? Why would you want to practice something like that? It seems like that it's only something you need to pull out as a, as a, last, uh, a last option, if you like. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. You probably start with it, uh, you know, diving around in the pool at home with Dad. He's throwing your balls and you're taking speckies in the yard or in the pool, down the beach on the sand, and it just sort of grows from there. As you get a bit a bit older, a bit heavier, you don't really jump as high, but the skills are still there. I yeah, I remember those. That, like you get a like a, a hard like not so much a tennis ball, but like something without any covering on it. That's just just a pure plastic ball or whatever. And you try and skim it off waves yeah. or or pool. Were you one of those kids? Were you? Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, me and my little brother. Uh, that was all we did. We we took a tennis ball or or those little vortex with us wherever we went. Uh, you know, for for ten or twelve years there, um, and and that was sort of probably where it came from. Well, paid off. 
um, absolutely paid off and it's continuing to pay off. So it, talk us through your setup right now, mate. You, you haven't played, I understand you haven't played for Queensland since October 2019. So you're basically freelance, if you like, a freelance cricketer. That's right. I, I'm pretty much full-time you know, freelance cricketer. I, I am very lucky and fortunate enough to still be able to train with the Queensland Bulls you know, when I'm back up living in Brisbane. Uh, throughout most of the year, you know, in between the other tournaments, I can I can jet off to, uh, and, and that's sort of what happened in 2019. I, I was still uncontracted. I think I'd retired from Shield cricket the year before, um, but they had a couple of injuries uh, through the one-day format, so I played a couple of games for them. Yeah, so you know, that that string to my bow. I'm still I'm still playing one-day cricket for my club in Queensland. Still playing red ball cricket when I'm around. So. We're still playing all three formats, but T20 and freelancing is, is definitely the main focus. Yeah, and you, you're not Robinson Crusoe with this. You're not the only one in the world um, that is doing this, talking to Ben Cutting here about uh, the, the world of of T20 cricket. So what does the calendar – how do you set yourself up? How do you organise yourself? Have you got a manager helping you to, to, to do deals or you got enough contacts around the world that you're you're doing your own thing and you're just filling your calendar? No, I've got a fantastic manager. In uh, his name is Simon Terry. He's actually uh, a Melbourne boy, but lives in London. Uh, and his management company is based over there. And they've got, uh, you know, uh, probably 70 or 80 percent of the freelance cricketers. Um, there's not many of us within Australia that are doing it because most of the guys are still, you know, full-time contracted to their states or to uh, or to CA. But you know, guys like myself, Chris Lynn, uh, Dan Christian, Tim David, uh, probably the main four or five uh, guys that are doing the freelance circuit. Um, you know, it's tough to structure. You never know what's going to happen. You have one or two lean tournaments, you can find yourself out of favour very quickly and, and fighting to get back again. So um, you know, it is difficult. It's probably more suited to the older guys because it's quite fickle in nature like that. But um, uh, the younger guys are certainly jumping on the wagon uh, as the T20 game progresses. So you just played a, a T10 uh, tournament, did you not, in Abu Dhabi? I did, yeah. I've played that every year so far, except for the uh, the two during COVID because of the fourteen days quarantine coming back to BBL. But mate, it's, it's an exciting tournament. Yeah. So, so you've played that. You're playing the BBL. What's the next few months look like? Or you haven't exactly mapped it out yet? No, I haven't exactly mapped it out yet. Um, the Bangladesh Premier League started uh, about five days ago over in Bangladesh. Uh, I'd like to get over there as a replacement player for the second half of their tournament once BBL's finished. Uh, and then obviously uh, the Pakistan Super League kicks off. It'd be good to get over there again, as I have done the last couple of years, um, followed by the IPL um, and then the English summer. But, mate, there's, there's so many tournaments around the world. E- even during this big bash window, there's four or five other tournaments on that are you know, they're challenging the BBL. Obviously, as a freelance cricketer, you're, you're basing it on coin. Like, it's you know, you've got a livelihood and you want to fill your pockets as much as you can while you're playing. You can't play until you're 80 or or 65, the usual retirement age for a, a normal worker. Um, what, yep. How does it line up at the moment, the, the coin you can earn in the Big Bash, as opposed to what you mentioned there, the, the Bangladesh Premier League? Look, the, the Big Bash Premier, uh, the, the Big Bash League is very, you know, very well paid. But then when you compare it to the other tournaments that it's competing with, it, it's, it's, it probably struggles a little bit. You know, Bangladesh is half the time for probably the same money. Uh, you, you see guys, uh, you know, Tim David, uh, they're making huge money in the IPL. Mm. Um, there's a ne- Nepalese league is going on at the moment as well, which I was signed to um, until they moved the dates to clash with the BBL. These are all tournaments that are half the time for the same pay as BBL, which is 
probably why the you know the Big Bash draft was a little bit of a struggle to get the international signings that they they thought they could. Okay, interesting, interesting. Just a, a last one on on that. Do you like then that the fact that when the new broadcast deal kicks in, they've reduced the number of games in in the Big Bash, so not for next season, the season after. Mate, I yes and no. To be, and I've, I've been saying it for a while. I actually enjoy the fourteen games because it means you get to play everyone full home and away away season, play everyone twice. But I just think they can pack it in so much tighter. Um, and we, we, over the course of this BBL, we've got two five or six day breaks where you can squeeze two or three extra games in each of those windows, and all of a yeah. sudden the tournament is is a week or two shorter. And when you make the tournament shorter, you bring in the overseas players again because they're you know it sort of matches up with the other overseas tournaments they're competing with. And there's a chance to bring in you know, your Aussie guys, Aussie guys. They might only be available for a week, but they might play three games in that week, which is huge for crowds and TV broadcast. Indeed. Oh, well, fascinating insight into how it really works with uh, the, the T20 circuit, if you like. Ben Cutting, if you keep on taking catches like that, mate, you, you've at least got 10 years left catching speckies on the, <laughs> on the boundary, surely. You've got to try and look as young as possible for as long as possible, don't you? Exactly. Oh, that's just in general, isn't it? Uh, not just cricket. Uh, ben, thanks for joining <laughs> us, mate, and good luck uh, this Friday night. You're back at the showground. Hopefully another big crowd. Great crowd the other night against the Sixers, playing the Perth Scorchers. Go well, mate, and, um, yeah, enjoy cricket. Thanks, mate. Good to chat. Indeed. Ben Cutting uh, joining us to talk, uh, well, Sydney Thunder cricket, but cricket in general when it comes to the short form of the game. Back in a moment on Mornings.